Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Hey, with optimism once again on the rise in America, the working people of this country are more important than ever. Well, now they have a podcast that celebrates them and tells their stories on the job from hired to retired. Well, it's a new podcast from our friends at Express Employment Professionals that digs into the lives of men and women at work and explores their journeys as they fight to make the American dream a reality. On the Job takes the listener through the ups and downs of making a living in America. Now check out the new podcast, On the Job, from Hired to Retired, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Or just go to expresspros.com slash podcast for more information. All right, happy Friday edition of the Sean Hannity Show. All right, the president is now doing a joint press conference, news conference, with the president of Romania, now for the first time answering questions since the Comey testimony, big win for the president yesterday. We're going to break this down even more, but here's the president and the president of Romania in the Rose Garden. Come on, Dave. Gotta Thank you, Mr. Here, president. Dave. Apologies. That's all right, Dave. Mr. President, uh, this morning on Twitter, you were referring to the testimony of James Comey vindicating you. But I wondered if you could tell us in person, sir, why you feel that his testimony vindicated you when it's really boils down to his word against your word. And if you could also tell us, sir, are, do tapes exist of your conversations yeah. with him? Well, I'll tell you about that maybe sometime in the very near future. But uh, in the meantime, no collusion, no obstruction. He's a leaker. But we want to get back to running our great country, jobs, trade deficits. We want them to disappear fast. North Korea, big problem. Middle East, a big problem. So that's what I am focused on. That's what I have been focused on. But yesterday uh, showed no collusion, no obstruction. 
we are uh, doing really well. That was an excuse by the Democrats who lost an election that some people think they shouldn't have lost because it's almost impossible for the Democrats to lose the Electoral College, as you know. You have to run up the whole East Coast and you have to win everything as a Republican, and that's just what we did. So it was a, uh, just an excuse. But we were very, very uh, happy. And frankly, uh, James Comey confirmed a lot of what I said. And some of the things that he said just weren't true. Thank you very much. Do you have a question? I, I lost the microphone, sir. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. And, Mr. President, if you could tell us, uh, a couple weeks ago, President Trump was in Brussels at the NATO meeting, and not only was he encouraging NATO members to pay up the 2% required of GDP for national defense, but he also was saying that uh, countries, even including yours, who had not paid 2% in the past, uh, should make up for that that difference. Uh, do you think that's fair? I was in Brussels, and I met President Trump, and I listened to his speech, and I liked it. Because, you see, NATO is based on values, but it is ultimately a military alliance. And, you know, military spendings are complicated and you need a lot of money because NATO is the strongest alliance the earth ever saw and we want to keep it that way. So we have to spend money for defense purposes and spending money means if you're in alliance everybody has to spend money. This is called burden sharing and I fully agree Mr. President, to that. Uh, so, of course, some people liked this better and some didn't like it so much, but it's a simple fact that we have to do this not as a purpose in itself. We have to do this to stay strong, to be strong, and to defend our nations. 100% correct. And, you know, one of the things I was referring to during that speech was the fact that, yes, they haven't paid what they should be paying now, but for many years they haven't been paying. So I said, do we ever go back and say, how about paying the money from many, many years past? Now, I know no president has ever asked that question, but I do. Uh, we're going to make NATO very strong. You need the money to make it strong. You can't just uh, do what we've been doing in the past. So I did say, Yes, you haven't paid this year, but what about the past years, the many past years where you haven't paid? Perhaps you should pay some or all of that money back. Uh, you have a question? Thank you. Uh, I have a question for President Trump. Um, on the matter of security, sir, you... Um, 
Many of the countries on the eastern flank of NATO, including Romania, see Russia as a threat to the security and the peace in the region. Do you share this vision and uh, do you think that the uh, uh, United States should act under Article 5 if any of these countries will be under military aggression? Thank you very much. Well, I'm committing the United States and have committed, but I'm committing the United States to Article 5. And certainly we are there to protect. And that's one of the reasons that I want people to make sure we have a very, very strong force by paying the kind of money necessary to have that force. But yes, absolutely, I'd be committed to Article 5. Thank you. Mr. President, were there any discussion about the visa waiver program for Romania? Is there a time frame for including our country in this program? Thank you. We didn't yes. discuss it. We didn't discuss it, but there would be certainly, it would be something we will discuss, Mr. President. I, I mentioned this issue, and uh, I uh, also mentioned it uh, during other meetings uh, I had, because this is important for us, it's important for Romanians, want to come to the United States. And you see, more and more people come, President Trump, from Romania to the United States, some come as tourists, some come for business, and those who come for business should be encouraged. So the matter of visa waiver would be probably uh, important to discuss, and we all hope that uh, we will advance on this. Good. Um, Mr. President. Mr. President. Oh, I look at those hands up there, President. Do you have this in Romania, too? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the microphone. Oh, boy. If you allow me, if Mr. I could only, If I could only sell that, if I could only sell it. Mr. President. Who would like to ask? Should I take one of the killer networks that treat me so badly as fake news? Should I do that? Mr. President. Huh? Standing room, Mr. President. Go ahead, John. Thank you. Be fair, John. Oh, absolutely. Remember how um, nice you used to be before I ran? Um, Such a nice man. <laughs> Always fair. Uh, Mr. President, um, I want to get back to James Comey's testimony. You suggested he didn't tell the truth in everything he said. Uh, he did say under oath that you told him to let the Flynn, uh, you, you said you hoped the Flynn investigation, you could let he could I didn't let say that. So he lied about that. Well, I didn't say that. I mean, I will tell you, I didn't say that. And, and did he ask you to pledge his And there'd loyalty? be nothing wrong if I did say it, according to everybody that I've read today. But I did not say that. And, and did he ask for a pledge of loyalty from you? That's another thing he said. No, he did not. So he said those things under oath. Would you be willing to speak under oath to uh, give your version of, of 100%. Events? And I didn't say under oath. I hardly know the man. I'm not going to say, I want you to pledge allegiance. Who would do that? Who would ask a man to pledge allegiance under oath? I mean, think of it. I hardly know the man. It doesn't make sense. No, I didn't say that, and I didn't say the other. So if Robert Mueller wanted to speak with you about that, you I would, would be, be glad to, to, to tell him exactly what I just told you, Jim. And you seem to be hinting that there are recordings of those conversations. I'm not hinting anything. I'll tell you about it over a very short period of time. When is that? Okay. Okay. Do you have a question here? When, when, when will you tell us about the recording? Over a fairly short period of time. Why won't you 
Are there tapes, sir? Oh, you're going to be very disappointed when you hear the answer. Don't worry. John, do you have a question for the president? Yes. Thank you. And uh, President Johannes, uh, you are no stranger to Russian aggression. Vladimir Putin recently uh, suggested that Romania could be in Russia's crosshairs. Are you... How concerned should the world be about Russian aggression in your region? And how concerned should we be here in the United States about what Russia tried to do in our election, sir? Everybody's concerned. But you see, being concerned should lead you to being prepared. So in, in my opinion, we, we have to be very clear very simple and very straightforward if we talk about Russia and with Russia. In my opinion, we need dialogue. But on the other hand, we need what we all together decided in NATO, a strong deterrence. So this combination, strong deterrence and dialogue, should lead towards a solution which is feasible for every part. Hello, Mr. President Trump. You mentioned, uh, uh, you mentioned earlier the anti-corruption fight in Romania. Uh, it is a, a matter of high importance in, in our country. Uh, but we see now that the anti-corruption fight and uh, the efforts to consolidate the rule of law are sometimes undermined by some politicians, part of what we can call the Bucharest swamp. Is your administration going to support the anti-corruption fight in Romania, and how can you do it? Thank you. Well, we support very strongly Romania, and therefore, obviously, we do support that fight on anti-corruption. We will always support that, and we support your president. We think he's done an outstanding job, very popular, uh, very solid, working very hard. We know everything that's going on. And, uh, yeah, he, and he's going to win that fight. He's going to win that battle, but he has our support. Thank you so much. Do you see the corruption in Romania as a problem for the U.S.-Romania partnership and for the American investor as a threat because we still have corruption in Romania despite this anti-corruption fight? Well, you do, but I can tell you that there are many American investors right now going to Romania and investing in fact, I was given a charge just before our meeting, and uh, we have people going over to Romania and investing, and they weren't doing that a number of years ago. So that shows very, very big progress, and there really are a lot of congratulations in store. But a lot of people are investing from our country to yours, and people love from Romania the United States, and they come here a lot, and we're very proud of them. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank right, you very much. Press conference wrapping up in the Rose Garden. President Trump said a number of things. Reaction to James Comey and his testimony yesterday. He was asked twice about whether or not he has tapes of this. He said, well, you'll know very, very soon in the very near future. And then at one point said, well, you'll be disappointed to hear the answer. How did you interpret that, Linda? I don't, I don't know which way that goes. I really don't. 
Um, he said that Russia is giving an excuse by is, is an excuse being used by the Democrats. He said no collusion, no obstruction. He wants to move back to the business of, of the country at this particular point. He never asked James Comey for a pledge of allegiance of any kind. I barely knew the guy. I never asked for a pledge of loyalty. Well, are you willing to tell Robert Mueller? Yes, I am. Um, amazing press conference there by, by President Trump. Well, a full and complete analysis of this. There are now major legal issues that James Comey is facing. We'll check in and explain as it relates to 18 U.S. Code 4, 18 U.S. Code 641 and the testimony he gave and how it, in fact, could have contained confidential information with the president and gave it out in an unauthorized way and violated the, these acts, um, which is, is going to raise a lot of questions here legally, and we have all that coverage coming up. Uh, there's so many men and women in the military that fought in Afghanistan and Iraq, by the way, that are dealing with legal problems, but yet, yet we let everybody at Gitmo go. We get into that today. We'll get to your calls in today and uh, much, much more. 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off. And that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. I see Loretta Lynch is fighting back at Comey. We'll get to that in the next half hour. Trump's lawyer filed a legal complaint against Comey. Nobody in the media seems to be paying any attention to that. Al Gore, by the way, thinks he's on a mission from God. (laughs) I swear to God, you can't make this up. Uh, Jay Sekulow will check in with us today. The grand jury charges that on this would be a how do you say this? They, They put together at the American Center for Law and Justice. You know, basically the case against James Comey as it relates to 18 U.S. Code 641. And basically that is that any person who leaks a memo about his private deliberative conversations with the president. Well, that's a violation of law, just like 18 U.S. Code 4, which says that if you thought anybody was obstructing justice, you have a obligation to report them to the Justice Department. Anyway, so we'll get into that. The president just had an amazing press conference with the Romanian president. And they said, yeah, no collusion, none, no obstruction whatsoever. He's been exonerated. He wasn't even being investigated. He was asked twice about tapes, whether he had taped conversations with with James Comey or J. Edgar Comey. I guess we should start calling him now, as I was on TV last night. And he said, well, I'll tell you about the tapes in the very near future. You might be disappointed here with my answer. He also says that the whole Russia narrative is an excuse by the Democrats, and it is. And by the way, and then he goes to one network reporter. Well, you have one network. Well, we'll take one from one network that treats me horribly with fake news. 
Remember how nice you used to be, he says to the reporter? I think it was ABC. I'm not sure. He never said he made a pledge or asked for a pledge of allegiance or loyalty. And he said he's willing to tell the special counsel, Robert Mueller. Now, we got a lot of ground to cover today. And then our roundtable coming up. Sean Hannity. Always concerned for our country. Always honoring our servicemen and servicewomen. And standing up for liberty every day. Then, uh, this morning on Twitter, you were referring to the testimony of James Comey vindicating you. But I wondered if you could tell us in person, sir, why you feel that his testimony vindicated you when it's really boils down to his word against your word. And if you could also tell us, sir, do tapes exist of your conversations with him? Well, I'll tell you about that maybe sometime in the very near future. But uh, in the meantime, no collusion, no obstruction. He's a leaker. But we want to get back to running our great country. Jobs, trade deficits, we want them to disappear fast. North Korea, big problem. Middle East, a big problem. So that's what I am focused on. That's what I have been focused on. But yesterday uh, showed no collusion, no obstruction. Uh, we are uh, doing really well. That was an excuse by the Democrats who lost an election that some people think they shouldn't have lost because it's almost impossible for the Democrats to lose the Electoral College, as you know. You have to run up the whole East Coast and you have to win everything as a Republican, and that's just what we did. So it was a, uh, just an excuse, but we were very, very uh, happy. And frankly, uh, James Comey confirmed a lot of what I said, and some of the things that he said just weren't true. Thank you very much. Who would like to ask? Should I take one of the killer networks that treat me so badly as fake news? Should I do that? Standing room, Mr. President. Go ahead, John. Thank you. Be fair, John. Oh, absolutely. Remember how nice you used to be before I ran? Such a nice man. Always fair. Uh, Mr. President, um, I want to get back to James Comey's testimony. You suggested he didn't tell the truth in everything he said. Uh, he did say under oath that you told him to let the Flynn uh, – you, you said you hoped the Flynn investigation you could let – I let didn't go. say that. So he lied about that. Well, I didn't say that. I mean, I will tell you, I didn't say that. And, and did he ask you to pledge his And there'd loyalty? be nothing wrong if I did say it according to everybody that I've read today, but I did not say that. And, and did he ask for a pledge of loyalty from you? That's another thing he said. No, he did not. So he said those things under oath. Would you be willing to speak under oath to uh, give your version of, of 100%. His and I didn't say under oath. I hardly know the man. I'm not going to say I want you to pledge allegiance. Who would do that? Who would ask a man to pledge allegiance under oath? I mean, think of it. I hardly know the man. It doesn't make sense. No, I didn't say that, and I didn't say the other. So if Robert Mueller wanted to speak with you about that, you I would, would be, be glad to, to tell him exactly what I just told you, Jim. And you seem to be hinting that there are recordings of those conversations. I'm not hinting anything. I'll tell you about it over a very short period of time. When is that? Okay. Okay. Do you have a question here? When, when, when will you tell us about the recording? Over a fairly short period of time. Are there tapes, sir? Oh, you're going to be very disappointed when you hear the answer. Don't worry. Oh, you're going to be very disappointed. I still can't wrap my arms around that answer. All right, let's take a poll. What do you think it means, Linda? What's your interpretation? Do you think it means he has them or doesn't? I think doesn't. 
I don't think there's any tapes. I don't think there's any tapes. I think it's Trumpy and the ultimate negotiator. What do you think? I think think if there were tapes, they would have already leaked them because there's too many leakers. Yeah, but by the way, and if you do tape anything in the Oval Office, well, I think that's where the setting was. I'm I'm trying to think now, or was it a dinner? But... Uh, but if I believe it's the Oval Office part with the when the Flynn conversation came up and and Jeff Sessions and Reince Priebus and Jared Kushner left, I'm betting no. Lauren, what do you say? I'm thinking maybe. I think Trump just likes to mess with people's heads, but that's my take. Jay Sohn, what do you think? Oh, I don't think there are any tapes. I think he's screwing with people's heads. Yeah, and then which is he? People don't know he constantly negotiates. You know, I'd ask him for an interview. And say, all right, I need you. I need two night. I need uh, we need two segments. All right. Hey, why don't we just do one? So if I wanted two segments, I'd say, all right, I really need three segments. And he goes, let's do one. I'll say, all right, we'll do two. And he's always negotiating constantly. It's just a part of his nature uh, as a businessman, which, by the way, is good if he's negotiating. He was talking with the Romanian president today and he's like, and by the way, you, you guys got to pay some back money if you want to be a part of NATO to make NATO strong. You need money, and you guys haven't paid for years, but I'm saying you need to go back and start paying from those years. Uh, what do you think, Ethan? I hope there are tapes, but I doubt it. Yeah, it would be great, right? Anyway, pretty incredible. No collusion, no obstruction. Comey's the leaker. I got a lot of Hold work to do Hold on a second, but wait. If we have tapes, is, is it going to be Trump saying, now what's going on, and, and, and is it going to say Comey saying, I just wish I was stronger as yeah. the president. <laughs> I wish I would have been stronger as the FBI. I just don't know anymore. Oh. Well, it was, oh, did you hear the guy Reza, Reza. Reza Aslan. Yes, now gone from CNN. Um, I wonder if our constant reporting, you know, that he's pen out, he's the one that sent out the Europe POS piece of sugar um, line. And by the way, apparently we found that he did it to me back in May, which is interesting. I hadn't known that. I mean, gee, shocking. Somebody's horribly mean to me on Twitter. You know what people are telling me about Twitter? And what's your take on this, Linda, is that there is now a group, just like the people that monitor this show every second, every hour of every day, you know, the Soros-funded people and the Hillary, you know, colluding people and the people that sit in their underwear in New Mexico people and so on and so forth. And they're a bunch of losers that have nothing to do, no real lives of their own. And and they just want to find the one word, the one phrase, the one sentence, or just my complete narrative, which they despise that any American could dare to think differently than they do. And they, of course, want to then use that to attack our advertisers and silence conservatives. It was very interesting to see that the very people that have been the great watchdogs of of anybody that's not politically correct are themselves well, I mean, would it be right to say the most vicious and vile and hateful and racist and anti-Semitic and making gay slurs? Is that a fair assessment, Linda? Yeah, I think it's uh, very yeah. accurate. Pretty fair assessment. And, you know, it'd be interesting, all these politicians that have, you know, committed their allegiance over the years and some that even helped create such organizations. I wonder when they find out the truth, if whether or not they're going to pull back their support or... Those people that fund these organizations are going to do the same thing. We're not going to start a boycott. We're just going to inform people. That's what we'll do. We'll inform them. We'll just give them information. Just and give them information. The public let them can see what they do with that information, and the public can decide how to judge their uh, their actions yeah. or lack I'm, thereof. Uh, I'm told that some people are losing their minds, apparently full-time uh, stalkers of me now, and uh, hoping and, and praying that they can take this show out. 
And, you know, for those of you in this audience, I don't want to bore you with all these details because, you know what, if I need your help, we're going to come to you. Because there is an effort afoot to bring the show right down to its knees and get it off the air. It is not paranoia. It is not an illusion. It is a real, clear, present danger by radical extreme leftists that do not want this show on the air come 2018 and 2020. They do not want me on Fox come 2018 and 2020. It is very, very obvious. And by the way, the one group in particular, the Soros-Clinton group, actually they put out their game plan. This is exactly what they said they were going to do. And they're doing it to the president. And they're trying to undermine an election. And they're trying to stop any conservative voice that they believe has any meaningful impact, at least in their minds. God forbid we have freedom of speech. God forbid liberals live in, a, in the tolerant, accepting world that they lecture us about all the time, and they don't. All right, let me move to some of the other stories. Trump's lawyer now has filed a legal complaint against James Comey, uh, and the Justice Department has, has been called on to investigate uh, J. Edgar Comey because of the admission that he leaked this confidential FBI memo to the New York Times through his friend, and so that movement is now afoot. Uh, I see that the former attorney general, Loretta Lynch, isn't taking Comey's accusation lying down. And uh, the former FBI director saying that Lynch asked him to refer to Hillary's email investigation as a matter opposed to an investigation. Of course, then we have the little sensitive matter of her meeting with Bill Clinton on the tarmac in a jet for 40 some odd minutes talking about their grandchildren, which was an outright lie. Anyway, a source familiar with Lynch's thinking, meaning Lynch herself leaking it, defended her actions by saying the attorney general told Comey that she used the term matter in response to press inquiries in order to ensure that she neither confirmed or denied the investigation. In accordance with longstanding Justice Department and FBI policy, she suggested that she and the director should be consistent in their language. And at the end of the meeting, she asked if everyone was comfortable with using the term matter. No one, including the director, contested the view. I actually may have a little sympathy for her, but not the fact that she's politicizing it because that's what she was doing. I see that New York Senator Gillibrand is is losing. She's becoming a little Joe and Mika-like in her comments. Listen to this. Has he kept any of these promises? No. No. Um, instead, fundamentally, if we are not helping people, we should go the f- home. I think it was coverage, and he just mistyped it. I got it. So, that's so New Yorkish of her. All right. Then you got this Comey leaker is now in hiding, according to the New York Post. A Columbia University professor from Brooklyn, New York, went into hiding. Oh, that's interesting. You know what Louis Gohmert said? He just broke it down very simply, and Marco Rubio did a good job of this yesterday. The only thing in this that they didn't leak was the truth. They never leaked the truth. And by the way, Comey was never grilled yesterday on his May 3rd admission that he's never been ordered to halt an investigation, something we have talked about. Well, Hannity was referring to the Justice Department according to the fact-checkers. Well, nobody ever checks the fact-checkers anyway. Who cares what they think? And the Trump-hating leaker, by the way, remember this girl that was uh, arrested the other day in Augusta, Georgia, reality winner? Well, apparently it appears she appeared before a judge who ordered her to remain jailed. But anyway, it came out that, um, you know, apparently she said more incendiary things and allegedly told her sister that she was pretty white and cute and 
Winner believed her bond hearing would play out in her favor. And uh, anyway, in her notebook plans, she apparently planned to set the White House on fire, travel to Afghanistan, and pledge her allegiance to the Taliban, according to WSB-TV in Atlanta. It's pretty interesting. So, by the way, think about this. Ethan made this point. Hillary lied multiple times on the record about the emails, was investigated by Comey three times, then Lynch tried to impede the email investigation, and obstruct justice, Comey felt no need to make notes about any of these interactions, you know, with Lynch or put Hillary under oath in her testimony. I made that point in my monologue last night. You know, it's very clear that Loretta Lynch's intrusion into this brings up very serious, significant legal issues for her. Just like I would argue that we need to bring back an investigation, and if Hillary Clinton broke the law, Hillary Clinton needs to be tried and and I would argue would be easily convicted before any fair jury. Also, you know, that we got this other question, New York Post article today, did the FBI chief J. Edgar Comey lie to Congress about the Hillary email probe? Because in his July 7th testimony, Comey assured Congress that he examined all the evidence of Clinton's lawyers, aides, et cetera, et cetera. We did not find any evidence to indicate that they did not, that the, they did the erasure to conceal things of any sort. Well, of course they did, because we had top secret information on it. You know, he claims he's not a politician, but he's an ultimate political hack. Just look at Loretta Lynch, his double standard treatment of, of Trump versus Obama. And then look at the different treatment as it relates to Hillary Clinton, who he gave a pass to. It's interesting to watch the media now is melting down today. New York Times can't even find their own sources to double check. And now ABC and CNN and all these news organizations are now correcting the record like a thousand times over. Jay Sekulow put out, I think, a very good point. Also, 18 U.S. Code 4, which we've been talking about, that he had an obligation immediately to report anything that he viewed as obstruction, meaning J. Edgar Comey, but... According to the testimony of Comey to Congress, he's the person who leaked the information. The memo was written on an FBI computer in an FBI van on FBI time, contained contained confidential information, information as value. Comey, without authorization, conveyed a record or a thing of value of the United States, and that would be a violation of 18 U.S. Code 641. Whoever embezzles, steals, knowingly converts to his use, or the use of another without authority sells, conveys, disposes of any record, voucher, money, or thing of value of the United States or any department or agency thereof or any property made or being made under contract for the United States or any department or agency thereof, if they do this thing, shall be under this title, you know, fined or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. Wow. We'll get into that coming up in the next hour. Is James Comey in legal jeopardy? Is Loretta Lynch in legal jeopardy? Do you ever wonder why all of these people at Gitmo were let go? So many of them could go back in the battlefield and try and kill more Americans. But yet, when you look at World War II, Korea, Vietnam, you know, military judges convicted only seven soldiers and Marines of a crime during combat, a war crime. But since the war on terror began after 9-11, more than 200 service members have been convicted of these offenses. Thousands more have received non-judicial punishments. 
It's insane. Uh, we'll get to that later in the program. Our Florida Georgia Line Friday concert series today. And when we come back, we'll get legal analysis. Is James Comey now in legal jeopardy? 18 U.S. Code 641, 18 U.S. Code 4, and much more as we continue information and news you won't get anywhere else. Who would like to ask? Should I take one of the killer networks that treat me so badly as fake news? Should I do that? Mr. President. Huh? Standing room, Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Go ahead, John. Thank you. Be fair, John. Oh, absolutely. Remember how nice you used to be before I ran? Um, Such a nice man. Always fair. Uh, Mr. President, um, I want to get back to James Comey's testimony. You suggested he didn't tell the truth in everything he said. Uh, he did say under oath that you told him to let the Flynn uh, – you, you said you hoped the Flynn investigation you could let – I let didn't go. say that. So he lied about that. Well, I didn't say that. I mean, I will tell you, I didn't say that. And, and did he ask you to pledge his And there'd loyalty? be nothing wrong if I did say it according to everybody that I've read today, but I did not say that. And, and did he ask for a pledge of loyalty from you? That's another thing he said. No, he did not. So he said those things under oath. Would you be willing to speak under oath to uh, give your version of, of 100%. Those and I didn't say under oath. I hardly know the man. I'm not going to say I want you to pledge allegiance. Who would do that? Who would ask a man to pledge allegiance under oath? I mean, think of it. I hardly know the man. It doesn't make sense. No, I didn't say that, and I didn't say the other. So if Robert Mueller wanted to speak with you about that, you I would, would be, be glad to, to tell him exactly what I just told you, Jim. And you seem to be hinting that there are recordings of those conversations. I'm not hinting anything. I'll tell you about it over a very short period of time. When is that? Okay. Okay. Do you have a question here? When, when, when will you tell us about the recording? Over a fairly short period of time. Now, Mr. President, are there tapes, sir? Oh, you're going to be very disappointed when you hear the answer. Don't worry. It is overwhelmingly clear that there have been and continue to be those in government who are actively attempting to undermine this administration with selective and illegal leaks of classified information and privileged communications. Mr. Comey has now admitted that he is one of these leakers. Today, Mr. Comey admitted that he unilaterally and surreptitiously made unauthorized disclosures to the press of privileged communications with the president. The leaks of this privileged information began no later than March 2017, when friends of Mr. Comey have stated that he disclosed to them the conversations that he had with the president during their January 27, 2017 dinner and February 14, 2017 White House meeting. Today, Mr. Comey admitted that he leaked to friends of his purported memos of those privileged communications, one of which he testified was classified. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show on this Friday. Uh, amazing what's now happening. The lawyer for Donald Trump, they have now gone to the Justice Department. The, the, uh, the American Center for Law and Justice, they too are raising questions about this leak. And as a possible violation of 18 U.S. Code 641, which if somebody leaks a memo about private deliberative conversations with the president, it appears to be illegal. A full analysis of this coming up and also tonight on on Hannity, 10 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. But 
You know, what, what is one of the main things we learned from his testimony yesterday? Comey is a cunning, a calculative, manipulative, self-serving, political operative out for revenge because he got fired by the president. And his disgraceful behavior is now coming back at him. And we've been laying out all of the possible issues. We even laid it out for Comey before he testified. If he thought there was any chance of obstruction, he had 18 U.S. Code 4, an obligation to report that. Well, we thought, my team, we thought that maybe Jeff Sessions might be leaving and recusing himself. Doesn't matter. And we thought the other guy, well, he might be only temporary. Doesn't matter. None of that matters as it relates to the law, laws that would be stringently enforced on all of you listening to this program right now. But maybe he wasn't really strong enough. Maybe I should have been stronger. I should have gotten up if I thought it was was so uncomfortable. I didn't know. We were staring at each other. It was an awkward silence. And we stared at each other and everything. And it proves everything you've been told is a farce. I mean, and you've got, if he was so concerned about the president, he didn't tell anybody. And that's why this law now is becoming front and center. Now, you're not going to hear about this on the networks. Read about it in the New York Times or the Washington Post or hear about it on CNN or NBC or ABC. They're too busy now making all the corrections because all their reporting has been so inaccurate and wrong. And all sides now claim it with all the anonymous sources they they have talked about. So, you know, we got under oath now. James Comey has some major problems that he's going to be having to deal with. I thought it was amazing today. The president saying, yeah, no collusion, no obstruction, confirming a lot of what I've been saying to you. He's a leaker. I never asked him to pledge allegiance to me. He said I barely knew the guy. Never asked for a loyalty pledge. None of these things happened. None of it. Are there tapes, Mr. President? I'll let you know in the very near future. Some of you are going to be disappointed for the answer. My buddy Mike Myers wrote me, and he I, he nailed it. He just said, of course there are no tapes. He was just basically, that was his way of pressuring Comey not to lie and to tell the truth and giving doubt in the back of his mind that there may be tapes. Anyway, joining us now is my fellow Fox News uh, co-worker, Monica Crowley <laughs> from CircaNews.com. Sarah Carter, what's your take, Monica? Hi, Sean. How are you? Happy Friday. By the way, I'm so glad it's Friday. Happy Friday. I know me too, and summer is here. Although summer may not be arriving in full flower for James Comey after his performance yesterday. You know, it... His performance is only bizarre if you bought into his well-crafted narrative over many years that he was some sort of apolitical straight shooter. And what we have seen from James Comey over the years is the exact opposite. He has proven himself to be a partisan political hack time and time again, despite, again, the well-crafted image that he's put out there. Look at his handling of the Scooter Libby case. As Deputy Attorney General during that case, James Comey allowed the expansion of the probe to to uh, get at Scooter Libby as a way to get to Dick Cheney and attack him. I mean, time and again, his mishandling of the Hillary Clinton case, his handling of this Trump investigation. This man is not some sort of Boy Scout that we've all been led to believe. So his performance yesterday um, and what he had to say uh, before the Senate, before the country, 
reveals really what his intentions were. And I found the president's performance today to be very interesting. Having worked for President Nixon, Sean, during the last years of his life, and talked to him about the White House taping system, I know a thing or two about presidential taping. And what I, I have no idea whether there were tapes or not, but based on what Donald Trump had to say today, either there, there are tapes and Trump is calling James Comey's bluff, or there are no tapes and he's relying on a he said, he said. And given I've the got to believe it's no tapes, so far, that right. there was no collusion, there's no obstruction, there was no intent to, to impede this investigation, and Donald Trump is not and was not under investigation for Russia. Given that series of facts that we have right now, Sean, I think the credibility is by far with Donald Trump. And I'll add one thing to Sarah Carter. The reason I also think Mike Myers is right, that it was his way of signaling to Comey, don't lie. If you think of all the things that Comey said, both in his his introduction that, that was released two days ago and then his testimony yesterday, Comey clearly felt the need to put in everything because if he had excluded those things and there were tapes, he was done. So Trump might that actually Trump's statement may have helped. Oh, yeah, Sean. I mean, I think that certainly that could have been a calculated move. I don't know what the president was thinking or how, you know, how he made that decision to talk about the tapes. But it was certainly calculated. And I mean, he's dealing not with. Uh, I mean, a boy, some people might describe uh, Comey as a Boy Scout, but he's dealing with a very intelligent, politically motivated, calculating person who understands things. I think that's why there was a like a sense of like disbelief when you know you hear Director Comey talking about how. He was, you know, he was very nervous. He didn't know how to handle uh, what was happening with the president in that room. Um, I really, for a lot of people that I spoke with, um, a lot of the sources within the bureau, uh, that was just not believable at all. At least that portion of it. It was, it, you know, they see a man who would have said, you know, Mr. President, if, if you're going in that direction, I need to remain independent. You need to, you know, understand that that's something we cannot discuss at our meeting. And that that's something almost anybody can do. I mean, and especially somebody who's at the level he's at. I mean, he's the director of the FBI. I mean, he even used the word cowardly, which I found to be stunning. So I thought this he had to have thought this through. This has to be very calculating on his part. But he also revealed, like you said, um, uh, you know, the fact that he, you know, that the president, um, he had told the president three times. Uh, numerous times that he was not under investigation, and that was unsolicited. So when it came to that point, I think what went through my mind was, well, everything that you did regarding the Hillary Clinton email scandal and um, her server scandal, why the one thing that he needed to do to clarify this dark cloud that was hanging over the administration was just come out and say, you know, I have already told the president he is not under investigation. And that was something he wasn't willing to do. And in fact, when he when he did testify before Congress, the cloud got even larger and it loomed over the the White House, um, just billowed there and allowed a number of of reporters and sources to run with stories that eventually we found out were not true. Unbelievable. So, Sarah, from your perspective, you know, with everything that we have been discussing about unmasking and, and surveillance and leaking of intelligence and deep state, where does this fit into all of this in your view? 
because you also have well, the issue of Loretta Lynch. And apparently you're 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 about to break a story that Loretta Lynch and Comey met a lot more than we know. Yes, we are. We are we are getting ready. You're going to break it right now, right? Story. Right this second. <laughs> you want me to break it right now. I know you do. I know you do. Um, I, I would like to, but I'm I'm waiting for responses from from certain people. I've not been able to get a hold of of Loretta Lynch. Of course, I'm reaching out to her right now on your show. If she's listening, that would be interesting. Um, <laughs> but but we. By the way, who in America is not listening to the show? That's outrageous that somebody isn't. <laughs> Exactly. Right exactly. So, well, I hope she does respond to this show because we can't seem to find a number to reach her. Um, but one of the things that I think was really telling was the fact that he talked about the leaking of his own memo, that he himself ordered that to be leaked. And there's still a lot of cloud over that because this was part of a memo that was done within the FBI. This was uh, part of evidence and a private conversation, and I'm not a legal expert here, but part of a private conversation he had with the president. So there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding that and whether or not he could actually leak that document to his friend, which I thought was interesting, to release to the papers. And so that in of itself shows you how political this is. And it's really interesting. I was talking to someone in the Bureau, and this was their quote. It said, um, Comey's testimony shows that he does have an agenda because there is literally no need to mention Trump's obsession with salacious details, nor was there... Oh, my God. Let me pick it up with that. Right, right. Let me pick it up there. I got to take a break here, and I apologize. Sarah Carter, Monica Crowley, and at the bottom of the hour, we've got a lot more coming up today, uh, and we'll get to your calls, too. I know a lot of you have been patient watching all this. All right, as we roll along on a Friday, we'll get to your calls next half hour. Sarah Carter, Circa News, Monica Crowley, fellow Fox News uh, host with us. And, uh, Monica, I want to get back to you on the political side of this. Does this, as Chris Matthews said, does this now debunk the entire Trump-Russia conspiracy theory that has been advanced about collusion, or does the media just keep lying? Well, of course the media is going to keep lying about this, Sean, because they're so deeply invested in this narrative that they're going to have a heck of a time moving away from it, even in the face of the facts. So what we learned yesterday was that President Trump was not under investigation and is not under investigation. There is no evidence of collusion with the Russians. There is no evidence of obstruction or an attempt to impede this investigation. But we now know with the fake news that facts don't seem to ever stop them. So they're not going to stop here, even as the case, as Chris Matthews points out, is falling apart between their eyes, uh, before their eyes. But as I pointed out to you last night on Hannity on Fox, um, they will simply find something else. Okay, so when the Russia story falls apart, as it's already beginning to do. And they won't be held accountable. Right. They will find something else. Oh, I'm going to start holding them accountable. All right, let me go to Sarah, because you and John have done all of this great investigative work. It all turns out to be true. I mean, even in the case last night, you guys were on my show yesterday, rightly bragging, because they're wrong and you guys have been right. You get the last minute. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't mean to brag, but I think that this is something that, you know, the rest of the media, I know, the rest of the media needs to pick up on, because we talked about the unmasking. Now we know that, um, that... 
former director Comey was leaking these memos. And we know that other people within uh, the administration, holdovers, and others have been leaking classified information. This is the serious crime. These are the issues that people need to be looking at. And this is what has been destroying people's lives. I mean, when you write stories, you write stories when you have facts. You can't write it on hyperbole. And I hope to some extent, Sean, that, you know, both Monica, you and I are wrong. And I hope that something does happen and that Congress looks at these issues with the unmasking and that Congress and as well as our law enforcement looks to find these leakers, because I think that's where the real story is. I, we will not stop because the president now should use this opportunity to get rid of this deep state Obama holdovers and those that are abusing the intelligence gathering methods. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Monica. Your calls are next. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, my buddy John McLemore is coming up. Also, we have Congressman Brian Babin of Texas and Lieutenant Colonel John Mayers with us, former DOJ uh, attorney representing Clint Lawrence and, and Lynn Vincent. And, you know, you talk about all these different cases and all these legal flybys. And, and all these laws that are flaunted by so many people, including especially Hillary Clinton, but including all these these high ranking Democrats. It's so frustrating the the dual system, our justice system that corruptly, you know, treats us so differently than it treats them. I got the IRS on my back now every other week for crying out loud. You don't think that's the deep state, do you, Linda? You don't think it's just coincidental that, you know, I go after the deep state trying to clean. By the way, and you know, I want to make this clear because everybody, you know, I notice these these shallow anti-Trumper or yeah, Democrats out there. Oh, Hannity, look at him. He's siding against his own. I mean, they even suggest my own country. Seriously? Linda, you've you've seen this, right? And I love my country with all my heart, my mind, my body and soul. I love my country and I love our military. I also love the safety and security of the American people. And I also love and often have applauded those that work and risk their lives in, in intelligence agencies for this country in a world that has to take on ISIS and Al-Qaeda and radical Islamic terrorism and Islamic Jihad and Hezbollah and Iran and China and and Russia and everything in between. But I don't like when Americans are being told that our intelligence services are the, the, the tools that we have given them to keep us safe, which, by the way, that's 99.9% of, of the intelligence community, I'm certain, do their jobs with dedication and loyalty, with dignity and And it's an important job to keep us safe. But when you have intelligence services tools weaponized by a few top deep state operatives and they start start flaunting the Constitution, and that means unreasonable search and seizure and your Fourth Amendment rights, and then they start surveilling Americans, quote, under the guise of intelligence gathering for national security reasons, and then they unmask Americans when they're supposed to minimize if Americans are incidentally picked up in the course of their hard work, and then you're not supposed to leak it like they did with General Flynn. It's funny how everyone wants to throw the book and poor General Flynn. General Flynn was the victim of a felony. Victim of a felony. And everybody seems to forget that. The one crime we know is committed. And then you get these cheap shot artists, the shallow, you know, petty political ideological hate Trump figures out there in the media or, you know, the never Trumper land that are obsessed 
just like the Democrats and the deep state with taking this president down. What's one of the things that Trump's lawyers said yesterday? Selectively leaking information selectively. You can take anything out of context. Leaking information to hurt the president. It's been happening. It's the deep state. We're seeing, you know, why do I keep having Sarah Carter and John Solomon on? 350% increase in a masking of Americans and surveillance of Americans during a presidential election cycle, especially the Trump team, either the campaign or the transition team. Unbelievable to me. All right, let's get uh, to our busy telephones here as we say hi to Amanda. Amanda, you're next on the Sean Hannity Show. What's going on? Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm good. What's happening? Oh, a little disgusted from yesterday, but um, you're a true patriot, and I'm so grateful to be able to have you every day. Um, I was wondering, you know, James Comey was questioned recently by Chuck Grassley, and he was asked under oath if he had ever been a leaker, if he had ever given anything to someone else to leak for him, and he answered no. And then yesterday, in contradiction, he admitted that he not only leaked, but leaked to the press in order to prompt a special prosecutor. Let me play the audio for people, and then we'll get right back to you here, okay? Okay, sounds good. Uh, It is frustrating when the FBI refuses to answer this committee's questions, but leaks relevant information to the media. In other words, they don't talk to us. But somebody talks to the media. Director Comey, have you ever been an anonymous source in news reports about matters relating to the Trump investigation or the Clinton investigation? Never. Uh, Question two on relatively uh, related. Have you ever authorized someone else at the FBI to be an anonymous source in news reports about the Trump investigation or the Clinton investigation? No. Has any classified information relating to President Trump or his associates been declassified or, and shared with the media? Not to my knowledge. But what, I mean, what else do you want us to say here? Not to my knowledge. Anyway, you want to continue. Go ahead. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable, I mean, on so isn't it? On so many levels. On, on so many levels. Yeah. On so many levels. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It is. I just, I, I wanted to... Bring, make sure I, I knew you remembered it, but I thought I would bring it up to you because I'm not hearing anybody talk about it. And I'm just sitting here watching, like, are, is this seriously happening? I mean, he's supposed to be the leader of our FBI. And he's you, a coward, I, and he's a weasel. <laughs> By the way, I was afraid. I, you know, I didn't, and I didn't know if I could get up and walk away. I was afraid. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. But thank you for everything you're doing. And I agree that um, I forget who said it the other day on air, but that I believe that you are, oh, I think it was Herman Cain, that you're probably the number one reason why Trump's in office and the fact that he's fighting and has everything in the world against him. We're so grateful for you. Listen, I'm grateful for Herman. I'm grateful for Newt. I'm grateful for Jay Sekulow. I'm grateful for Laura Ingram. And I'm also grateful to all of you out there as well, because it's uh, amazing how important what you're doing is. Uh, Dave is in Arizona. Dave, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Doing great. Thank you. What can I do Um, for you? Well, I just wanted to bring up the president's tweeting. My wife and I have a couple views on it, and I just thought I'd share it. Yeah, go ahead. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, a man of his stature and age wouldn't tweet anything by a mistake everything i feel Listen, I, i'll say this scary. i was not a fan right away of the tweeting and i at one point during the election I said, oh, come on you're killing yourself here but i think he's got 95 percent of it down and maybe five percent we can do without because he gets himself in trouble just a little <laughs> just a little bit slight more discipline well, but i don't I consider those trouble points uh, diversions for him to actually get his work done in other areas. So that's well, the way if I he would gives think it up, it would, I would match. Yeah, if he gives it up, it would be nuts. 
And it'd be nuts because the media's out to kill them. They're not out to get the truth. They're playing gotcha in the press room. You're right. My wife calls it her citizen Trump because he, he communicates to her emotionally through that channel, I think, as a person. She sees him as an honest person telling his emotions and his personal side of his life. So I think it's a great avenue for him to connect the both sides of our country through tweets and any method he can. All right, good call. I appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. Let's go to Carrie is in Weatherford, Texas. Carrie, how are you? Glad you called. Big Sean, how are you doing? Thank you. What's up, man? How are you? I'm glad you called. Great. Um, I think that everybody's looking at this totally wrong, and I'm I'm want to shed some light on where I'm going with this. Your previous caller just talked about how you know here he is. He's nobody's really paying attention to the area of of a guy who's saying. you know, I'm a little bit scared. I didn't. I was stunned. All these things in this interview, and I think that we're missing this. I think what he, if someone would have asked him this one question, said, you know, Mr. Comey, were you looking to investigate President Trump when you were meeting with him one-on-one? Were you going after him? Because that's a prosecution's best thing is to have someone one-on-one without legal counsel. These meetings, he wanted to be at these meetings. He hoped that Trump would would say the wrong thing. Then he could use it against him down the line. Everybody's going around this like, why did you stand up to him? Why didn't you do What would have happened, Sean, if they would have asked him that question? Were you going after him in these meetings? Is that why you wanted these one-on-one meetings? Would that have been a bomb going off in that Listen, committee? all Comey had to say is, Mr. President, I, I, I just want to tell you that's not an area. Just like he had no problem yesterday saying that. Uh, he didn't want to, Sean. He did, well, he, he didn't, didn't want, want to. to. And he, I think Laura Ingram nailed it and, and others last night as well. He wanted his job. He wanted a, a chit to put away for, that he could use against the president later to keep his job and keep his power and keep his authority. Uh, as he said often yesterday, well, uh, I can't answer that question now. All the others say, Mr. President, I, I probably this is all new to you protocol. I just want you to make sure that this is you understand this is an independent agency. There are going to be certain things I cannot answer under any circumstances we are independent and apart, and or, right. Mr. President, this wouldn't it be appropriate setting for us to be alone? I would li- I'd feel more comfortable if the attorney but, general were in here. Oh, Mr. President, why didn't you do that? Do that he, he kept getting asked, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? I was afraid. I, oh, I don't know what to do, and I was so shocked. He wasn't that afraid because he went, you know, immediately gets down to his uh, chauffeur-driven car and puts on his laptop and starts typing away. Uh, every word that he possibly can. He was setting them up. It was a he, want, he wanted to take him down. He took down Martha. He took down Hillary, then gave it back to her. He took down Petraeus. He's the Boy Scout. He took down Ashcroft. I mean, the Bush administration. Well, with now Ashcroft. he may have taken himself down. Well, and let's hope that he did. But let's let's all look at it from one perspective. And I would hope that people would finally wake up and realize this: our guy is the outsider, and they hate him. They despise him, and they think he's uncouth, and he is beneath them. And yep. that's what they look at us. They feel the same way. They don't see us the way that we would hope to be seen. They see us as insignificant, and that's the way they see Trump. They see him as someone who is completely not one of them. And it sickens me to the core that people aren't asking him a question of, 
were you really trying to take him down? Because that's what he really wanted. At, at the end of it all, that's what I believe he was trying to do as a prosecutor. I'm going to take you down with incriminating evidence. All right, and, I got to roll uh, here because we're, we're on a break. Great point. Yes, that's what it was about. And by the way, I want everyone else to know, the deep state, liberal Democrats, the media, then weak Republicans, never Trumpers, I've been telling you now for a long time, they are trying to and coordinating in some ways to take the president down because they don't want... They want to overturn a duly elected president. That means they want to stop the agenda you voted for. At the end, they're really wanting to hurt you. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. All right, as we continue, News Roundup coming up next. We have time for one or two quick calls here. As we say hi to Laura, she's in beautiful North Carolina. How are you, Laura? Glad you called. I'm doing great. I have a couple of things. I am a daughter of a full colonel intelligence officer in the Air Force, retired. I have a degree in journalism and a degree in nursing. I'm disgusted. And I'm disgusted a lot by the um, Republicans that I elected to office, um, not only the, the left. And I think it could have all been handled yesterday with Comey by three questions by Marco Rubio. That's it. And Comey actually should have been fired by Obama, and then we wouldn't have had any of this. He, he was fired because he didn't do his job, plain and simple. And then he overstepped his job by doing a lot of illegal things. So Listen, I'm all, yeah, I know what you're saying. You know what? You, you, can I say it a little bit more bluntly than what you're saying? You, yeah. you, you're a little sick and tired as I was through the hearings yesterday, and I thought Rubio really shined yesterday, um, at, you know what, there's a little too much sucking up to James Comey, who did a lot wrong here, and who had an obvious axe to grind, and who was a bitter, fired ex-employee, who did a number of things wrong, and who got away with politicizing in the case of, not, not only the way he treats Trump versus Obama, but Loretta Lynch that doesn't fly with me or the way he treated the Clintons or or letting Hillary off of known felonies. I'm sorry. It doesn't fly. And they were far too nice to this guy. And that's what you're complaining about. Am I right? Absolutely. A, a total disgrace. You know, my father is disgusted because even to this day, I do not know exactly what my dad did because he can't tell us. And if he did, he'd be in jail. Um, he wouldn't be sitting next to Hillary Clinton because um, apparently she's untouchable. My other thing is, and I know, I know, you like saying um, fake news, but that sort of even gives it a legitimacy, even calling it news. I call it um, leftist lying um, a propaganda because that's what it is. It's like living in um, uh, North Korea or the old Soviet Union, the beginnings of it, because... All of this stuff is now manufactured. I mean, and you play it all the time. The, um, uh, all the news, uh, uh, news um, organizations and all the Democrats say the exact same thing. And it's propaganda. Yeah. It's lying leftist propaganda. Really, and really, really well said. I'm, I'm just looking at the clock here, and I'm short on time. But i got to tell you, that's dead on accurate. I really admire people like your father. When I talk about deep state, you please tell him. And distinguish for him. Now, I'm only talking about one percent. I'm I'm looking at those Clappers and and Brennans and Susan Rice's and Samantha Powers and Ben Rhodes people, 
and and maybe a few people that have been compromised here. You do not use the intelligence community to unmask Americans' identities. You don't leak sensitive raw intelligence in the case like in Michael Flynn, and you don't do you don't weaponize the biggest tool in the defense of our country. And a couple of people, I believe, have done that. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload coming up next. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour here on the Sean Hannity Show. We're going to have some fun for fathers at the bottom of the hour as I check in with my buddy John uh, McLemore. He's the Masterville guy. He's so cool, so awesome. And, you know, like once a year we just have fun, let our hair go down. We'll have our Friday Florida concert series with Florida Georgia Line. And so that's coming up at the bottom of this half hour. What has been a great, great week for the uh, president, even though the left-wing media hasn't caught up yet. They're still living in their... Their black helicopter. They haven't put them back in the in the hangar yet. Their black helicopter theories and tinfoil hat conspiracy theories. You know, one case we have been following very, very closely, uh, Congressman Brian Babbitt of Texas and Lieutenant Colonel John Mayer is a former DOJ uh, attorney representing Clint Lawrence and Lynn Vincent, a U.S. Navy vet, New York Times bestselling author, Dog Company, which tells the story of Captain Roger Hill, who was kicked out of the Army for inter- interrogating known Taliban spies within his company. And they join us today to talk about Congressman Babin's letter to the president last week in which he called upon the commander-in-chief to conduct a full review of each case involving any U.S. Server, service member who is currently imprisoned in U.S. prisons for certain actions they took on behalf of their country risking their lives during combat in the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, he said, under the Obama administration, we saw the continued release of violent terrorists from the U.S. custody at Gitmo, many of them returning to the battlefield against U.S. forces. Meanwhile, these young American men who answered the call to duty, put their lives on the line for our freedoms, continue to languish in prison. I respectfully ask that your administration fully review each case involving any American service member who is currently imprisoned for actions taken on the battlefield in Iraq and Afghanistan. Such a review is an appropriate action, given their previous service and their sacrifice in defense of the United States. I think it's very important to note in all of this that, um, according to United American Patriots, in all of World War II and Korea and Vietnam, military judges convicted only seven soldiers and Marines of crimes crimes during combat or a war crime. Since the war on terror began and PC has now entered the world of war and now we have rules of engagement that put our troops in jeopardy, well, now more than 200 service members have been convicted of these offenses. Thousands more have received non-judicial punishment. You can't fight a war and put handcuffs on the men and women that you're asking to die. Anyway, these three people join us now, Congressman Babin, Lieutenant Colonel John Mayer, and also Lynn Vincent. Thank you all for being with us. Well, I applaud your effort here. You know, one of the reasons I'd like to think that maybe the constant 80 percent of the president's time being distracted with black helicopter theories and that he has to deal with and tinfoil hat conspiracies and Russia, 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 that I know that this is something the president cares deeply about because I've talked to him about it and I've interviewed him about it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping you get a good reaction, Congressman. I'm, I'm very great to be with you, Sean, again, as always. Uh, I'm, I'm really confident that, that our president is going to take a look at this. I really do. He is, he is a huge supporter of our military. And, uh, you know, to see what our men, they call them the, 
you know, the Leavenworth 10, but there's, we really don't even know how many folks are in there. It may be a little less than 10, maybe greater than 10, but these are, these are individuals in the heat of combat who supposedly broke some rule. I'm, I'm not excusing them because I don't know all the details, but I think it bears, uh, the fairness of a, of a presidential, uh, uh, decision to review all these these cases once again because my goodness, as you so eloquently said a second ago, and uh, we we have seen Guantanamo terrorists released from prison. They've just about emptied up. Obama's just about emptied the prisons out. Just a couple of weeks ago, they uh, uh, arrested an individual that had been released from Guantanamo by President Obama in France who has, had been uh, recruiting for ISIS and may have been involved in some of the horrible uh, atrocities that had taken place there. We've seen, we've seen the president pardon Bradley Manning, you know, who released 700,000 classified documents, a man who was a traitor, uh, and he pardoned 1,200 uh, drug dealers and drug users. Uh, at the end of his, uh, the last few weeks of, uh, of his administration. So, my goodness, we need to, uh, to take a, a look at our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who are languishing in, in uh, Leavenworth for uh, trying to do their jobs. You know, and, and Lieutenant Colonel John Mayer, in the case of Clint Lawrence, he had a, he had a, it's very easy, I guess, for all these, you know, sideline warriors in the comfort of their studios or, you know, wherever they happen to be, to be commenting and judging a guy that is in charge of a platoon, he's got to make a split-second decision. Are these two guys coming at us on a motorcycle? Are they here to kill us, which is the the modus operandi of other IED killers in Afghanistan at the time? Or are they okay? And he has to make a split-second decision, and it's a life-and-death decision. And then it turns out that exculpatory evidence now has, has come up, and, and Clint Lawrence, as I understand it, hasn't even gotten a chance to plead his case again. That's right, Sean, and, and I think the, the, the congressman makes a very good point with his letter to the president. Uh, we all know that the president ran on part of his platform was to speed to reverse the failed policies of the previous administration to include the politically correct rules of engagement. Clint Lawrence's case is the perfect case to do that because the evidence is to a DNA certainty. And Congressman, by the way, Clint Lawrence and his family are from Texas. Yes, sir. I'm DNA very evidence. familiar with that, Colonel. Thank you for what you're doing. Yes, sir. The uh, the DNA evidence in Clint's case is, is was real, located on bomb parts and bomb wares, which actually prove that these men that he ordered fire on uh, were indeed the Taliban and insurgent fighters, or at a very minimum, IED makers. So the president has a perfect opportunity to, to use Clint's case for purposes of fulfilling one of his campaign promises. And then secondly, uh, there's precedent there for the congressman's idea. If we look to uh, President Ford's administration, after the uh, Vietnam War, one of the main issues that President Ford wanted to do was put the war in the rearview mirror, get it behind us, and put the country back on being America again. Well, what he did was he constituted and appointed a bipartisan civic, military, business, religious commission to review any and all cases to include courts martial as well as non-judicial punishments and administrative separations to see if clemency should be granted, if records should be updated, and thereby position those fellows, guys and gals who were convicted or separated under you know, less than honorable conditions so they would be best, best positioned for having served but then moving on with their lives. So I think it's a fine idea. You know, and let's bring you into this, uh, Lynn Vincent. I mean, you wrote about the, it became a New York Times bestselling book, Dog Company, the story of Captain Rogers kicked out of the Army, 
I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying these words for interrogating known Taliban spies within his company. It's insane to me. It's it's hard to believe, isn't it, Sean? And and it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention with respect to what John and the congressman were saying is that we have all of these men serving time in prison for doing their jobs, essentially. But what is often overlooked is the collateral damage that happens to the junior soldiers and Marines who were also involved in those cases, um, guys that were doing a great job, had joined the military to serve their country, and got caught up in this machine and found themselves kicked out on the street. So you mentioned at the top of this segment that, you know, you have all these guys that have been prosecuted for war crimes, but you also have those uh, young soldiers and Marines that are going sort of invisibly under the radar uh, with not non-judicial punishment, being kicked out of the military, and losing their veterans' benefits. So I think that that's a crime. Um, also, I have a son serving in a war zone right now, and, you know, sometimes he stands behind a 50 caliber machine gun, and I'm a little bit worried about what's going to happen if he actually shoots at the enemy. It's, uh, why, could, why shouldn't you be worried? By all yeah, indications, exactly. you should be worried. Now, I don't, I got to imagine things will change, but what do we do about all the people that are in jail? As, and I think Congressman Babin, as you pointed out, we've let all these idiots out of Gitmo. I mean, I, and a lot of them, I think I have seen estimates up to 30 to 40 to percent or higher have, have gone right back to the battlefield. They're not reformed. They're uh-huh. not changed. And by the way, we built them uh, however many million-dollar soccer field and give them all their dietary guidelines and give them the Korans and, and they're treated with kid gloves and nobody gets interrogated anymore, which could save American lives. I mean, we're not fighting wars anymore, which is why I am, I am beyond reluctant and resistance resistant if we don't have the political will to fight don't even start it just stay home sean could i if you don't mind i uh, i really appreciate what you said uh miss vincent uh about you having a son there because i my uh, as a veteran myself i also had a son I had three tours to iraq as a navy seal he was a platoon commander on one of those and uh you know i always like to uh press him and find out how how things were uh, out of curiosity and uh, he said, you know, Dad, a lot of times I had to spend all just many, many, much of my time trying to keep my guys from uh, going to prison for doing their jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll see someone who's languishing and, and Leavenworth who may have just, uh, you know, he, 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 made a, he made a split-second decision in combat. He may have just seen a, a comrade shot. He may have seen a comrade uh, shot or blown up by someone who was pretending to surrender. Uh, and or uh, like like uh, the uh, Clint Lawrence uh, a case, a, a vehicle coming towards you, and you have to make a decision: are you going to wind up dead or maimed? And a lot of your comrades the same way. And I think it's it's very unfair uh, to have a uh, have a standard, you know, of an armchair quarterback, if you will, of someone who was not there making those uh, you know those uh, convictions and, and those cases against these these young young. Uh, but that really is what it is, isn't it? It's armchair quarterbacking, isn't it, Congressman? That's right. That's Have you gotten true. any feedback at all from the administration, anything at all? So far, yes, I have not. I have not, but I can tell you uh, that uh, from conversations that I have personally had with, with our president and our vice president, uh, that uh, they are very, very uh, caring and absolutely know how important 
our our military is, and they care about our troops. Uh, and uh, I know that just the other day, uh, one of my son's uh, machine gunners was the first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq, and his mother, a Gold Star uh, mother, uh, was supposed to spend 20, 25 minutes with, uh, with President Trump. I understand that he stayed with them for two hours. So uh, this is a man who cares about our troops, and I, I think I'm, I'm confident that he'll take a, a, real, a real hard look at these cases. Unbelievable. All right, stay right there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Brian Babin, John Mayer, and Lynn Vincent are with us. All right, as we continue, and uh, by the way, at the bottom of the hour, Father's Day coming up. My buddy John McLemore is with us, Master Bill Guy, CEO. Brilliant. We're going to have our Florida Friday, Florida Georgia Line concert series. Put you in a good mood on a Friday. It's been a good week for the president. Not a good week, though, for American men and women that served in Iraq and Afghanistan that have are rotting in prison for the most ridiculous reasons. And thank God Congressman Brian Babin of Texas has sent the president a letter, letter saying, can you please review these cases? You know, looking at World War II, Korea, Vietnam, well, military judges convicted only seven soldiers of crimes during combat or a war crime. Since the war on terror, 200 service members convicted, thousands others getting non-judicial punishments. What, what are the non-judicial punishments? Does anybody know? Yes, John. This is John Maher. Um, non-judicial punishment is uh, basically, it's an offense under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, but it does not go to court. Instead, it's handled at a company or a battalion or a brigade level, uh, and it's dispensed somewhat swiftly, and it's kind of kept in-house with the sole in, um, mission of maintaining good order and discipline. And what happens is if, if a soldier has a uh, non-judicial punishment, that document can be placed in his or her performance file, and that is called adverse information or unfavorable information, which can ultimately then serve as the basis for them to be administratively separated in other words, fired, and under an other-than-honorable conditions discharge or a general discharge, and that means that they take a hit with their veterans' benefits, whether it be post-9-11 GI Bill, VA loan, health care, and those kind of things. Yeah. What's, what is going to happen in the case of Clint? I mean, and especially could you explain Reduction the— in rank. Reduction in rank, forfeiture of pay, uh, even, even brief jail time. Unbelievable. Is Clint yeah. going to get the hearing with the new exculpatory evidence that has emerged? Yes. Sean, he sure will. His case is docketed right now before the Army Court of Criminal Appeals, which sits on Fort Belvoir, Virginia, and it's in front of a three-judge panel. And those judges are all active duty lieutenants, colonel or colonel, who have been about 25 years each, so we're looking at 75 years of collective experience. And the idea there is when the hearing is set, uh, there'll be an oral argument before them presenting the fact that the prosecution has at all times in its possession, custody, and control exculpatory evidence in the form of DNA evidence that the people Clint ordered fire on were not innocent civilians as the prosecution claimed, but instead IED makers. We know that because their fingerprints and their DNA, meaning their skin from their fingers when they twist the wires on the bomb components, have been recovered at grid coordinates where we either defuse the bomb or the bomb went off and killed people or wounded people. We've conducted a sensitive site exploitation where you go through, take the evidence, collect it up, dust it for prints, dust it for DNA, and then enter it into an army-wide database such that when you biometrically enroll people, you either match it to the DNA there, and it's a conclusive match. It's, it's one of the first forms of proof that we have in the law, besides a confession, is DNA evidence. All right, guys, so thank you all for what, what you're doing. With Clint, um, yeah. Hopefully we'll have some executive action. Uh, agreed, agreed. Action, which is wonderful here. I promise you, Brian Babin, Congressman Babin, I'll ask, and I promise you, Lieutenant Colonel Mayor, and I promise you, 
Lynn Vincent, that I will ask the president in my next interview as soon as that ever happens. Uh, thank you all for being with us. We really appreciate it. 800-941-SHAWN is our number when we come back. Well, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, joining us now is John McLemore. He's the CEO of Masterbuilt. Now, look, Father's Day is coming. And so I was at two, let's see, barbecues over Memorial Day. And I keep telling you the greatest thing I ever got in my life is my master-built electric smoker. And then, of course, my deep-frying turkey. But anyway, it is the single greatest gift you can give Dad. It is the best. I now make, I think, the most competitive ribs with my special rub and my special sauce that you've ever had in your life. And one day, hopefully, we'll get a chance to to, to, to try it out. Maybe we'll do it on the Fox & Friends concert series. Uh, but John is back with us. And I got to tell you, it's just the greatest thing I've ever gotten in my entire life, and when I give these to people, and I do, they go nuts with just how great it is. How are you doing? Man, Sean, I'm doing awesome. I love hearing that. That's what everybody loves to hear when you think about... Well, I I get to talk to you like twice a year because I'm obsessed with food, (laughs) obsessed with smoking. No, not smoking. You mean smoking meat. Smoking food. (laughs) Smoking food and uh, barbecue, and I'm obsessed with... with, Look, there's nothing more dry or bland in the world than a turkey, and when you put it in your deep-frying turkey and you you cook it, it just is... You can't even explain the difference unless somebody's tried it. That's right. Well, you know, we're going to be... We're going to be doing some awesome turkeys as the fall comes around, and and we've always perfected that recipe, as you're saying, with the Butterball Electric Fryer by Masterbuilt. But what we've done in the realm of smoking is exactly what we did with the Electric Fryer, Sean, as you can attest to in your experience with the ribs, is we've taken all the hassle, all the guesswork out of the art of smoking, and you can have perfect ribs, perfect barbecue, perfect smoked food, and Masterbuilt's just made it easy. As you know, with your digital electric smoker, and Sean, we've now perfected these recipes with propane. At at Lowe's and Home Depot, you can get the, the Thermotemp propane smoker that guarantees to maintain your temperature just like your electric smoker has always done. New technology. I, I, well, I, well, the new technology, I personally like the electrical one. I mean, I don't know yep. why would some people like propane over the electric because the electric – what I love about it, too, is you got the app that's associated with it. Yes, sir. I can turn it on and off from anywhere I am. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people ask me that very question, why electric or propane, and it is a preference. And most people have always, and still today, electric is where Masterbuilt has been so amazing. And, and we've got the technology that you can use with your app or setting the temperature, and it maintains that temperature for you. Well, now, if there's people out there that won't and have always loved propane smoking, but they've avoided getting it because they couldn't have the no adjusting and the hassle that comes along with that propane, well, we've now eliminated that, and we've allowed them to have the same technology. No, I that love that. But electric, the, just in propane. For most people, that means, you know, going down to the local gas station and, and you know, replacing the tank every, you know, month or two, whenever, yep. depending on how much you use it. I mean, I tend to use my grill a lot, especially during the summer. I, it's the only thing I cook on, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 with, and with the ability, like you're saying, with yours, you plug it in, it takes care of all of that for you. And, and Sean, who better deserves a break from standing over that hot grill 
than dad. Father's Day coming up. You know what? Yeah. It's about. Wait a minute. Let me just stop right here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who deserves a day more than dad? This is dad's day. We get a day a year. Exactly. Can you just put more emphasis on that? Dad's day. This is our day. Father's day. Father's day. (laughs) And Father's day means it's our day. We decide. Yeah. Hey, did you ever send one to Herman Cain? You said you were going to. You know, I didn't send it to him yet. Uh, (laughs) I got to get it to him for Father's Day. You're you're obligated now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, oh, you heard me the other day. I did, I did, I did. Hey, thanks for the shout-out, by the way. uh, We had so many people calling us saying, hey, make sure you get that taken care of. Oh, God, I got to get that. Linda, why don't you remind me of my promises? I always like to keep my promises. (laughs) I was was dancing to FGL. When I get done dancing, I'll get right on it. All right. Explain to people, too, because I know some people that are used to, like, the old, time smokers and mm-hmm. and the charcoal even if you want to go back to those days or, or yeah. cooking it with wood or chips and you know they like the, the smoky uh, hickory flavor depending on what kind of yeah. chips they're using explain that it well that's that's why the the folks have have fallen in love with Masterbuilt is because over a decade ago we realized that people were struggling with how to smoke food in their backyard by having to fool with the charcoal or not having the right equipment. Well, we developed this electric digital smoker that allows you to have the ease and convenience without sacrificing any flavor, and you turn it on, set the temperature, set the time, load your wood chips in, in that, that the side loader that's a patented feature on the product, and it automatically maintains the temperature, perfects the recipe, turns off when the recipe is done, and there is absolutely no hassle to it. So more capacity than you have on a grill, and dad or whoever can load the Masterbuilt smoker up, follow our simple recipes, and absolutely have perfect, juicy, baby non-babysitting results. That's a word, Sean. <laughs> non-babies. Non-babies. By the way, you're not talking about babies anymore. This is older daddy's day for yeah. us. But, you know, um, the important part of that is, in other words, like I said, what I do, like it, depending on what I'm cooking, for me it's usually ribs. I'm a big rib yep. guy. And I'm also a big chicken guy, and I like to smoke my chicken. But, you know, what I'll do is I'll set it, go about my day, and then I'll come back. I mean, and then it's all done. It's that simple. And I, I don't have to look at it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about a fire. I don't no. have to worry about anything. Nothing. And and we one of my, my favorite chicken recipes is lemon pepper brined smoked chicken. Foolproof recipe. We've actually got that online. You can go to masterbuilt.com and, and check out our video. But, Sean, we just recently did a new rib recipe. I got a new buddy in Nashville, Kix Brooks. Um, he Kix from, has, from, we, from Brooks and Dunn? Yes. I, by the way, I out. love those guys. You They're so yeah, talented. They, said they love you, by the way. Oh, I'm a huge fan of them. So what what we've done is I actually went and I just did an interview with Kicks and got to know those guys a lot more. And Why didn't you invite me? I would, have, I would have red-dirted road right down there to hang with them. All right, well, we're, we're, we're going to hold you to that. Next time I go, you meet me in Nashville. We're actually going to be doing a lot more with those guys. Sean, I took his rib recipe and combined it with my espresso barbecue sauce. Right. And I promise you, it turned out the best ribs I have ever. Really? 
Really? Man, I'm unbelievable. All right, listen, results. I'll tell you and what. We actually put those on the news. So you know my brother-in-law, Timmy, right? I do, I do. All right, so my brother-in-law, Timmy, um, he has his recipe that, that he's developed, and I've kind of adopted a lot of his as mine with my own little twist on it. Yep. And I'll tell you what, I'll bring him, and we'll have a little cook-off, and we'll, <laughs> we'll see who who does better. And by the way, it's not but, right or wrong. It's just what... what... No, it's, it's just different. What's so amazing about it yeah. is, you know, we all love our own recipes, but we actually were able to take a new recipe and kind of combine it with ours, and, and we made it our own. His, his recipe's got a little kick to it. Because it's got some chili peppers in it. Really? Our recipe combined kind of tones it down, and I'm telling you, wow. unbelievable. All right, result. well, listen, do me a favor, send up. I want to remind everybody, we're giving away, right here on the Sean Hannity Show, Father's Day is next week. And if you if you haven't gotten a, a dad a present, uh, you got to get a master-built electric yeah. smoker, or you can get the new propane smoker. That's right. And we are giving uh, it one away, by the way. One of five, actually, we're giving away on Hannity.com. All you got to do is go to our website. Um, yep. So, well, listen, it's the greatest thing I've ever had. You just, oh. you you crack me up. You <laughs> hang out with all the cool people. You have a 50,000 times better life than I am. You're, I, I can tell you this, but if, if you want to take care of it for dads, what we recommend always, go to masterbuilt.com. masterbuilt.com. But you can go to Home Depot, Any Lowe's, Sam's, Walmart, Academy, Bass Pro, or Cabela's. Everybody. Or just yeah. check our website out. Yeah, listen, it's going to be dad's greatest gift. He'll love you forever for it. And by the way, anybody can do it. Anybody. And, and if, if I can do it. Lamore and Sean Hannity can do it. You and I would <laughs> yeah. yeah, more like if Sean Hannity can do it because you had to teach me a hundred times. Uh, all right, John. Love you, man. Talk soon, all right? Uh, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, that wraps up the week for us. As always, you've been amazing. The best audience on radio. Yes, live tonight, Hannity, 10 Eastern. Uh, as a big week wraps up for the president, well, J. Edgar Comey has some legal jeopardy. Jay Sekulow, Anthony Scaramucci, Greg Jarrett all join us tonight. Uh, Geraldo, Larry Elder are checking in tonight. Uh, we'll also check in with the head of the RNC and also Lou Dobbs, 10 Eastern on Fox. Thank you so much for this microphone every week. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. See you tonight at 10 and back here on Monday. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter. The Burner, less lethal, pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream They are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N.
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.